with this pelvic floor, I want people to just know it's there and it plays an integral role in your life throughout the entire day, but definitely through that sexual functioning. How are you giving it love? Maybe giving it pause and attention and then going about your day. Because how beautiful would that be if women started doing more of that? I think we would feel truly more empowered and more in control and more knowledgeable about our body that can sometimes be shrouded in shame and not great messages. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Dr. Laura Mayhofer is a licensed physical therapist, athletic trainer, and yoga instructor specializing in the treatment of the pelvic floor. She loves to delve into topics that typically are seen as shameful and make them mainstream, from bladder leakage and constipation to painful sex, erectile dysfunction, and low libido. Dr. Laura Mayhofer is dedicated to demystifying the pelvic floor. Searching for information or talking to a specialist about pelvic floor conditions should not be embarrassing or shameful as pelvic floor dysfunction is extremely common. She believes health, activity, and mobility is possible at every age. Y'all, this particular episode just totally fulfilled the sex nerd in me, and I'm sure that you will find it educating, entertaining, and of course, informative. Y'all enjoy the show. Okay, y'all, I'm really excited for this show because we're going to talk about bodies. We're going to talk about anatomy. We're going to talk about a part of the body that it's still for some reason in 2023, like a big old mystery. Oh, what's going on down there? And I'm talking about the pelvic floor. And I mean, I get really jazzed about all of the conversations that we have on the show that have to do with relationships and relationship dynamics and communication and exploring all the deep, dark shadows and light and all the things. I love all of that. And when I first got started in sex, love and relationship in the space, I was a sex educator. I mean, I still am a sex educator and I love working with clients and with people in a way that is, okay, you have this challenge, this like actual physical challenge. Here is what I would suggest. You have this challenge in the bedroom. Okay, here's a toy. Here's an item. Here's the lube that goes with it. Don't use this. Don't do that. Like I love prescriptive kind of ways of saying, okay, you have this challenge and here is a thing to do. I really love that. And I love being able to blend that now with my, let's say, insatiable curiosity and thirst for knowledge when it comes to why humans human. And we have a ton of episodes that are why we do what we do and how we'll never understand why we do what we do. And I'm looking forward to having a little bit of a different vibe for today's show where it's kind of bringing me back to what it looked like when I first got started and when people would come to me with sex specific challenges. And so to have today's conversation about bodies and about the pelvic floor, I get to welcome you all. Well, I get to welcome on and introduce to you all, Laura. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And so Laura was introduced to me by one of my dear, dear friends who I love so very much, Libby. So Libby, if you wind up listening to the show, 
Thank you for the introduction. Libby and her husband, Andrew, just had a little baby girl named Lila Jade. And we are all so happy and cannot wait until we all get to be together. Um, we're actually getting ready to spend a month in Mexico, all of us together a little bit later this year. And so we're sad that they moved to Minnesota. Yes, Rochester, Minnesota. I always want to say Wisconsin and I'm like, no, it begins with an M. It's one of the M. So they moved to Minnesota and of course our hearts were breaking, but we know that they're much happier there and we love them so much. And so when Libby reached out to me and was like, look, Lex, I don't know if you're interested, but I have this amazing pelvic floor therapist that I've been working with and she's dope and she has an awesome brands and following and her content and all the things. And I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even like have to check. I was like, if you are saying it, cause I respect Libby and her work so much. Like if you're saying it, absolutely. So I was a yes. And then I went and snooped around. So thank you for being open and available and yeah. And coming out of the show to share your gifts. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And so many snaps to Libby for this. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's jump right on in. I said the pelvic floor and just tee us up. What are we going to be talking about today? Yes. So I'm going to do my spiel that I give to everyone, which is the pelvic floor is this glorious group of 26 muscles. They attach behind the front of our pubic bone, run like a sling or a hammock and attach into our tailbone and the bottom part of our sacrum, creating this bowl-like structure. They have five major functions. The first is circulation. So they help circulate lymph and blood. They help with support of our pelvic organs, so holding our organs up and inside of our body. They deal with bladder and bowel continence. They help with the structure of the spine and hips, so they have to work with our butt muscles, tummy muscles, diaphragm, back muscles, and then the piece de resistance is they deal with sexual appreciation. So regardless of the genitals that you were born with, both vulva owners and penis owners have pelvic floor muscles. And to, in order to do all of these functions, the pelvic floor muscles move through contractions and relaxations that are both voluntary and involuntary. So it's funny when I give that descriptor because it is very sciencey and boring, but at the same time, when you think about it in relation to sex, sexual appreciation, and the things that you really highlight to your audience, you can see how those things really marry together. And when we unlock the pelvic floor, we can un unlock a lot of pleasure and exploration, which is beautiful. Mm, okay. Now I might've been saying pelvic floor therapist and the whole time I meant physical therapist. <laughs> I can't remember what I said, but physical therapist, it's more than the pelvic floor is what you do. But today's conversation is about the pelvic floor. Yes, exactly. So I always say I'm a physical therapist who took extra training to just understand more fully the pelvic floor. And it's all that I do. There are some physical therapists where they truly treat necks and shoulders and all that. But my area of focus is only the pelvic floor and those functions. Okay. So why should we care about our pelvic floor health? As I was saying that the pelvic floor can move through those different motions. Some individuals can just be born with muscles that and can just be born in a way 
that their muscles are overly tight and inflexible. Sometimes things can happen in our life, such as fertility journeys. Maybe you slip and fall on the ice. That can be a very Midwestern thing. Maybe you had a traumatic delivery. Maybe you had some traumatic life experience that causes those muscles to be overly tight, shortened. And then that can affect our ability to have intercourse, our ability to have arousal and the appropriate blood flow. Very few people will have weak pelvic floor muscles that impact that. Most commonly, what I see are muscles that are overly tight and shortened. And so with this conversation and anyone who's listening, I think being curious is my biggest message to take away from this, to just ask yourself, has my orgasm changed? How is my pelvic floor function acting? And that's just a good space to come from as you listen to this and then move forward. Because a lot of times people don't even know they have a problem. They're like, oh yeah, my orgasms changed because I'm older. Not necessarily, you know, it, it should still stay powerful and amazing and you can make it grow even more through all the different tools that you talk about. And if it's changing, just don't write it off. Let's explore it. Mm. Okay. So was there something in your life that happened personally that led you to, you know what, I'm going to double click and expand, zoom in on the pelvic floor. Because for me, there's things that happened in my life where I'm like, I'm going to go down this road of sex education, relationship, all of that. And when I look backwards on my life, I'm like, oh, this all makes sense. And I am now currently doing the work that I most need personally. And so it's kind of like I've created like a little, well, I've just like developed a path where it's like my greatest work is the work that I do as well. And so I'm curious what maybe your backstory looked like. And if there was something in particular that really led you down the path of, I want to work on all the muscles that are around the butt and vagina for women. <laughs> yes. So I, similar to what you said, when you look back, it makes sense. But at the time I would have never noticed. I remember getting, when I got my period, my dad would give me like all of these menstrual products and people would always come to me and I was like doling out menstrual products to people and just like, yes, you got your period. Here you go. You want this, you want that. And I went to Catholic school and we had to do health class and everyone was so uncomfortable saying penis and vagina. And I was like, what? This is just like saying nose or elbow. And then when I was in my physical therapy training and you're like a full adult person getting your doctorate and people were still uncomfortable saying penis and vagina, I was like, wait a second, this is so weird we're adults here, people. And so when I had some physical therapists who specialize in this area come through, I was like, I think I found my people. I think all of this doling out menstrual products, all of this female empowerment, I used to do pure romance sex parties in my sorority basement. And just seeing this, I was like, yeah, I need to do this. I also noticed a lot of people in emotional pain because of what was going on with their pelvic floor. And to me, I was like, well, I know how to fix it. And I knew how to get people to trust me quickly. So that was another thing. It was that positive feedback. 
Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets. You know, that's one of my faves. Yoni steam herbs and stools strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it, and that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment and partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection. And don't forget to use the promo code that sex chick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. So sweet. Yeah. I always love the like. It all makes sense looking backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So in our work, you know, in my work, primarily what I see as far as when women or couples, and, and sometimes we have men that have pelvic floor challenges as well. We had a whole episode dedicated to men's pelvic floor health, and that was with Dr. Susie Gronsky, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, which was really sweet. And so if anyone's interested in the male side of this, so if you got a penis and you got those muscles and you got a butthole, then that's an episode that you can check out as well. It would be kind of the great partner to this one that we might eventually, as we're chatting, talk about some of the male pelvic floor stuff. But really what I want for this episode is for any type of person to be able to hear if they love someone that has a vagina, that has a clitoris, that has female parts to be able to listen and go, aha, <laughs> at least for this one. And so I do expect for all types of people to listen to this particular episode. If you love a woman, you got to listen. So when people find their way to me more often than not, the challenge that they're experiencing is pain, is some level of discomfort and pain. And I imagine that there's a handful of ways that that's treated. You know, when they're working with me, I can work on the, let's say more psychological components and feeling comfortable and confident. I can teach them breath work. I can teach them nervous system regulation. I can teach them ways to create safety in their body, ways to connect with themselves, ways to slow down and connect with their partner. I can give them tips on how to lube up and warm up and all those things. But I often will suggest to them to see a PT as well. And so that's like, as far as what I see, probably the most common, unless it's someone who's like, I just pushed out a baby and like things are just not quite right. And I've also had people that say I've pushed out a baby and things are like way tighter. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe those few buckets. Yes, those components of things. 
So I want everyone to think about their pelvic floors with truly muscles. So just like if you push into some of my neck muscles, my upper trap, you can feel like trigger points, or if you've ever gone to a massage and they find a tender point that they kind of move over, that same thing can happen in the pelvic floor. So when they're coming to you and saying, I have pain, and you can give them all of these beautiful, amazing things to work on, the PT side of things, what we can really do is external and internal techniques to help release, relax, stretch, those pelvic floor muscles in a very gentle way so that when they have penetrative intercourse, when they're using different toys, when they're getting into different positions, their muscles aren't just being held in this tightened position. And then as they get bumped into creating more pain. So physical therapy really focuses on let's get our hands on you to help lengthen things and help you understand how you can relax when it's an area of your body that you can't really see. Someone tells me to relax my shoulders and I look in a mirror, I can see it. It's not like we've got a mirror looking at our vagina and vulva all day long. And then that would be a nice life though. I know that would be amazing. (laughs) I love those videos of people like seeing their vulva for the first time. It always gives me so much joy. And then the other piece is a tight, shortened muscle is also a weak muscle. And so once you take someone who has tight and shortened muscles and we get that flexibility, then it can fall into that same category or bucket of someone who has truly weak muscles. So we have to work on that activation. And unfortunately, because everyone talks about Kegels... Everyone thinks they have to do this tightening. And what I find is it's a very on-off mentality. I either tighten or I'm relaxed when really it's more of like a beautiful dimmer switch of your pelvic floor. And so I always say it's like we're fine-tuning it. Like I'm teaching you how to throw a curveball versus a fastball versus a slider. Like we need to know what muscle activation can go with what function we're trying to accomplish. Mm, Okay. And those that are like, things are a little loosey goosey down there. What's going on? Yeah. So with those folks, what can happen is usually it's after you've had a baby, but sometimes it could be even I've had individuals who have had some type of back injury or a pinched nerve. So the muscles aren't getting the activation that they need. And so with those folks, we can do pelvic floor strengthening, but there's actually two different types of contractions you're supposed to do. You can do your tighten, hold, and work to hold that for a longer period of time and then relax. But then for orgasm, you know how you have those quick flutters? Well, we also have to train our muscles to be able to tighten, relax, tighten, relax. So basically they're like on, off, on, off, on, off very quickly. So for those folks, I'll do some of that pelvic floor training, but also I'll do hip strengthening, booty strengthening, all that sort of stuff to really get everything just feeling more engaged and more active around that pelvis region. So I know that no one who's listening can actually directly answer me when I say this, but who else is squeezing their vagina the whole time she's talking? (laughs) 
I'm just sitting here and she's like on off on off. And I'm like, tight, relax, tight, relax, tight, relax. And I'm like, wow, I can't even make it stop. I was doing it as I was describing. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. Oh, vaginas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there's lots going on there. And you mentioned hands-on. What does hands-on mean? Yeah. You know, are you like putting your fingers in there and digging around and yeah. massaging and okay. I'm not really digging around. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. No, no, no. I don't. But if everyone could have seen your hands, it was like she was in a cave out through a yeah, curtain of caves, which I love. <laughs> yes. So I will do vaginal or rectal techniques, depending on what the person needs. And your pelvic floor has three layers of muscles that have all of these 26 muscles with them in them. So I will literally push on each muscle within each layer to see, is it your superficial transverse perineal? Is it your levator ani? Is it your obturator internus? Which muscles are angry? And then I can go ahead and treat those by either moving your legs in certain positions, telling you to deep breathe, maybe having you contract, relax, maybe holding the pressure. But all of this pushing, touching, all of this stuff is done really gently as if you were trying to appreciate someone's eyeball and you're pushing around that. That's what you do through your pelvic floor. So I think sometimes when people get to Googling stuff, they'll Google like yoni massage, which can be great for some folks. But if you're someone who is having pelvic pain or urinary incontinence with orgasm or arousal difficulties because of tension or pain, then that you need a little bit more of a specific treatment because it's truly targeted at which muscles are upset and which muscles aren't upset. Mm. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So what type of patient or client would you say something like a yoni massage is that you would recommend versus some that you would strictly recommend doing the PT work and then some that you might recommend both? Yes. So I would say I have recommended it to folks where basically they've kind of discharged from me. So their muscles are pretty normal. They've got good flexibility. They've got good contractibility. And it's like, okay, you don't need me on the daily anymore or like weekly basis is when I see people. Now it's like, I want you to just go out and live your life. But because of how you choose to live your day-to-day life, as we live in very stressed environments, it can be beneficial for you to get kind of some global relaxation to that area. So again, very similar to if you're getting a massage on your body, if I have, say, shoulder pain, for example, going into a massage therapist to get that targeted treatment might not be right. But after my shoulder is pretty healed and good, going in for just globally getting all of those muscles is perfect. So it can be for, I think it's for the folks who either have graduated from PT or for the folks where you're like, I feel tension there, but no pain. Or I feel when I contract or relax, I don't feel a lot of motion. Then that could be someone who it would be better to go to. Let's talk a little bit about what people are sometimes emotionally experiencing. 
Um, yeah. So I say that the pelvic floor is the junk drawer of the body because in my experience, it seems like literally because the pelvis is a bowl, I feel like things like kind of like move through our head, move through our heart, and then just drop there, just like sit. And when you keep putting in these coins, maybe of experiences or of life or of stress, it's like, it just, it gets so full. It can get so much. And I also think, so that's one thing. And I also think that again, women, men as well, but mainly women, we like wake up in the morning and we like tighten up our pelvic floor, tighten up our tummy, gear up for the day. And then we just go and we try to do as many things as we can. And then at the end of the day, we just like collapse and go to sleep. That's kind of what I see with my patients is they get so much in there and then they just try to keep tightening and holding to create this like rigid canister to get it all done. So I find that the emotional things people are working through is boundary setting because they might have to tell work or family or spouse or kids, no, I need time. I need time to take a bath. I need time to journal. I need time to read a book for fun. No, I can't take an extra patient over lunch. I need to actually eat. I need to take a bathroom break. So I see boundary setting. I see sometimes a lot of grief coming through whether it's fertility journeys, whether it's I've just become a mom and I can see my vulva and vagina doesn't look the same. It feels different to me. I can't connect with myself. It can be from different types of trauma, whether that's sexual trauma, just body physical trauma or mental trauma. We, it's just like all of this stuff comes down and we just hold it, hold that energy. And that's what starts to drive that tension because we hold the energy there so tightly. And then our breath just comes up and everyone I see, they're just chest breathers and their pelvic floor is locked. And if you ask them to kind of wiggle their hips, like they're hula hooping, it just looks like this like rigid stick. And so those are the things that I see people working through. And when I ask them to challenge those things they're processing, there's a lot of vulnerability and it's scary. It's challenging because we're asking you to open something that you've locked in place. And also that society has told you can be shameful. And then you have all the internal misogyny and patriarchy, but it's, a many layered thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so many women, I mean, people in general, but speaking about women specifically here, where it's like, they've got to guard that area. Like they haven't been safe, that part of their body hasn't been safe for whatever the reasons. And maybe in general, they have felt like they're unsafe. And so they have the guarded, the weapons, but they're also fed messages of you can do anything. You can be and have it all. And you can be the mom and you can have the full-time job and you can have this life and you don't need a man or you don't need a partner. Or you don't need all these things and you can do it all yourself. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. And like you're saying, like the coins going in, it's just like heavy, heavy, heavy down there. And it's just like, I'm just going to keep that all tightened up. And I think when people are in a state of fear or stress, they do the sphincter lock, right? Or it's like the butt, butt clench, the sphincter lock, but like there, everything is like, I got to protect it. I got to hold it, you know? And then the terms like uptight and 
I think when I was a kid, it was like, she's got a stick up her butt or whatever, where it's just like very tight looking and appearing. And even the energy feels like locked up and tight for those types of people too. And so I think maybe by the time they have the courage to come to you, I can only imagine what it feels like they're carrying when they walk in the office or have some kind of consult and then what they feel like even just having an initial consult with you. Yeah, it's a lot. It's that having that courage and also the awareness. I think that's what's so beautiful about a podcast like yours and the different things you share in your Instagram or the things that I share on my Instagram is it's like, let's just bring this awareness that this area doesn't need to be shameful. You can feel empowered, but it doesn't have to be empowered in a way where you're do, 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 doing. And you can let some of that go. And if you have trouble letting some of that go, like, hmm, let's explore that. And that's, it's so rewarding when someone walks out of my office and they're like, oh my gosh, people just kept saying I was crazy or people just kept saying my vagina was weird. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, you're not weird. You're not crazy. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Your vagina is beautiful. Like, let's own that in a way that's congruent for you. Yeah. So how much do you think this is like, what's the chicken egg here? Is it a chicken egg situation where it's the muscles are actually tight or are more often tight than not where you've got that short experience going on and the psychological mental component? Is it that the psychological mental stressor component causes those things typically to be tight? And so let's say they get treated by you, but their life doesn't change. Yeah. Yes. So I always call it an unfortunate soup. (laughs) I think people, my guess is that people have short, tight muscles. Like many people I've started asking, like, what were your potty training habits like as a kid? Or like, what was your experience with your period and first using menstrual products? And a lot of people describe to me what I would say is like tight and shortened and muscles, pelvic floor muscles, and then the stress of life and all that we're supposed to be doing now just like feeds in, like just keeps adding more coins till it's like, okay, now we've gotten too many ingredients in here and now the soup just sucks. And then they come to me and sometimes the too many ingredients can be a traumatic birth, an injury, things of that nature. So I would say a majority of people kind of fall in there. And then some people have had some history of trauma. And I want to say I'm air quoting here, everyone trauma, because I know you've talked a lot about religion And I see, especially in the Midwest, my fair share of people who are like, oh, no, 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 I had a religious upbringing. Everything was fine. But then it's like trying to be a sexual being is like so uncomfortable to them. And so I sometimes wonder, like, maybe you're not identifying 
that being told you were supposed to be a virgin, again, quoting, and like then suddenly you get married or suddenly you're in a committed relationship and now I shed that virginity. So I see that too, where it's like these either these ingrained messages or sometimes an actual trauma can pitch people. But most commonly, I think the tension is there and then the life shit that we deal with adds to a big old problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where people like you, I think are so great. Those educator pieces, because I don't know if you run into this in your practice, but many women will find me because their significant other has said something is wrong with you and you need to get help because you are the problem. So I have my fair share of people like that. And then my fair share who've just Googled me because they want a better healthy pelvic floor situation. But that's a little bit challenging. Hey, you. You might be aware that we run virtual coaching programs throughout the year for men, women, and couples. But you might not know that we host really magical in-person retreats and experiences throughout the year as well. If you are in an all-in committed partnership, here's an invitation for you and you're someone special. You are invited to our upcoming Couples Goals Retreat, a four-day, three-night stay in Austin, Texas, where you and your partner will expand your communication skills, learn new and exciting ways to experience intimacy, explore your edges through Tantra, conscious kink, rope tying, and more, feel seen, heard, held like never before, express yourself fully, open up in new ways with a beautiful community of other like-hearted couples, Eat delicious, nutritious, organic AF, buzzword-rich meals. Play, laugh, dance, and go deep with the person who means the absolute most to you. You'll leave a better partner, friend, parent, and lover. You'll leave with your priorities in order and the momentum to make the shifts and changes you've always wanted to make in your relationship and life so that you really and truly can have it all when it comes to sex, intimacy, and love. Spots are limited and range from private luxury king suites to shared economical accommodations with other couples. We'd be honored to guide you to your next level in life and love. For more info about our upcoming couples retreat, visit the show notes or find me at that sex chick or me at Jordan Bowditch on Instagram and shoot us a DM. Not on IG. You can always reach us at hello at sexandlove.co. That's dot co. We are looking forward to seeing you in Austin, Texas soon. Come on now. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. And I can't say that I experience them all that much. Occasionally, yes. You know, or maybe they're just not, maybe they're just not expressing it to me that way. Though, I mean, it's kind of few and far between that I wind up working with someone directly that is really challenged by pain. But I see it and I hear it in our community spaces. and. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart because it's usually pretty multifaceted. And I know that it's not that it's a quick fix per se. It's usually much deeper than what's on the surface. I can encourage them to go to a pelvic floor therapist and someone who specializes in that. And if they're, if they find their way to someone like you, that's going to start asking them about their lives and about their relationships and all these things, and is going to paint them a picture of this holistically then amazing. But if they just show up for their session and they do the session and they leave, And the doctor's kind of like, well, tell me about your relationship, you know, and it's just kind of like straightforward and they are already feeling super vulnerable to even be there to begin with. And so the idea of them shopping around for their ideal therapist or therapist of any kind, where I'm like, 
I don't want to relive this initial consult every time. Like this initial consult is kind of brutal for me anyway, when I'm kind of shopping around for someone who's going to like help me with my crazy, I'm like, you know, I've got to like detox and thank goodness I have tools. You know, I can't imagine the people that don't have the tools yet. And so, yeah. Yeah. So like seeing people are hearing that and knowing that that's relatively, it's not uncommon. I'll just say it's not uncommon. What would you say to people who might be feeling that or in a relationship where she's experiencing pain for whatever her reasons are and her partner is, let's just say he is as sympathetic as he can be. And it's not really possible for him to be truly empathetic, but he's sympathetic as he can be and he's present and, or she is present and they want to help but they might be starting to feel sexually frustrated. And so then they might be feeling rejected or feeling like it leads to this, another unfortunate soup. It's a different dish. Yeah, It's an unfortunate risotto where like, she might be having all of these experiences and feeling shame and feeling like, I want to give you this thing that I know that you want. And I know that you need, and I want to like, I want to feel good, but that's kind of like out the window now. Now I just want to give you what you need so that I fulfill this duty and whatever it looks like in whatever language. And then they on the other side might be, I want you to feel good and I want to be connected with you and I miss you. And I'm also a little agitated and frustrated. What advice would you suggest there? Well, Lex, let me tell you, your little little <laughs> world list will has come in quite handy. I have on my site a pleasure quiz, which is much smaller. In session, I give people a non-penetrative sexual activity list, but I actually have sort of co-opted some of your language where you talk about giving an experience. So first, I encourage these individuals to acknowledge like the beauty of their relationship, the challenge as well. Like I love the boths acknowledge that. And then now let's look at what is most fulfilling to each of you so that we can really determine what is going to be within our safe space to fully feel that sexual energy and achieve whatever goal it is that we're wanting to achieve. And so with my non-penetrative sexual list, what I have individuals do is they score it on a zero to five scale. There could be something as mundane as holding hands. And I always throw my partner under the bus because I would rate it as five out of five. Heck yes, I want to do this. And he would rate it as like a one because his hands are always hot. (laughs) But then we can have a conversation around it. To say like, okay, yes, this is something like I can do this, you can do this, or like we have changed it where like I loop my hand in the crook of his elbow. And so then that way, what you do when you go through this non-penetrative sexual list or like your list is you're starting to create this canister. So when the partner looks at us with those sexy eyes, we're not suddenly like, okay, I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to shut my partner down. Instead, we can say, okay, here is the safe things that he is aware of or she and I am aware of. And then we can fully lean into that. 
Another example on my non-penetrative list is like tickling. If someone tickles me, I will 40-year-old virgin kick you in the face. There's like a scene in there where like they just see like kicks her in her face because she's like sucking on his toes or something like that. I cannot handle tickling. So again, you can discuss it and you can be like, this really is, can be uncomfortable to me. So what's nice is you can take these different lists. I think you on your say, set aside like one to two hours to go through it. If you find that you're uncomfortable doing that, going through that list, that's where it's great to reach out to someone who can help you if you're uncomfortable with it. But if you're comfortable with it, this is a beautiful thing that you can continue to loop back into. Speaking about our mutual friend, Libby, and you shared she had a baby, think about what that sexual menu might have been like pre-baby then and pre-pregnancy versus pregnancy versus immediately after pregnancy and then a year later and all of that stuff. So these are things to keep coming back to, but again, a way that you can create an experience so no one person feels frustrated, no one person feels like the gatekeeper. Yeah. And then if those people have yet to make their way to pelvic floor therapy as an option, then you can recommend that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's going to a like physical therapist like me, where it's like maybe on your desire to change spectrum, you're like, eh, I'm not ready for someone to be all up in my vagina. But then you could also say, okay, but because as much as this is a physical thing, it's a mental thing, then maybe, oh, okay, I'm going to do some talk therapy, or I'm going to work with someone like Lex, or I'm going to find some other person to explore these things. All right. I have a question mm-hmm. full of questions. I'm the host. I'm reminded thoughts and feels on practices like Yoni eggs. Okay. Yes. So Like I said, most of my folks, most people that I see have overly tight muscles. I know I've said this several times on this podcast, but I want you to think about your clitoris, which is not just the little nubbin you see externally. It actually has these beautiful legs that come down kind of on either side of your inner thighs and bulbs that go around the vagina. It has erectile tissue and it's sandwiched between layers one and two of our pelvic floor muscles. And then it has deeper fibers that go into that layer three and then part of our vaginal wall. If you train with yoni eggs, there's this lady online who will like, I think she like hangs like a surfboard from her vagina and different things. Yep, that's Kimanami. Yes. So if vaginal kung fu. Yes, yes. So if you are focusing, and I'm not saying she is doing this, but if you are focusing on just tightening and holding for as long as you can, then you're not gonna allow that clitoris to be able to expand with arousal and Think about it. If you just were to squeeze your finger really tightly with your hand, you also aren't going to get the blood flow there and you can't agitate those nerves because there's 10,000 of them to kick you over to have an orgasm. So if someone wants to work with yoni eggs and they don't have pelvic pain, I like to have them focus on pulling it up and in and then relaxing it down. And thinking of an elevator. So like I'm bringing it up to floor three. Now I'm bringing it back to floor one. I'm bringing it up to floor seven. Now I'm bringing it back to floor three. So again, you can kind of 
contract at different levels and grades or at different speeds or hold times. So if you're going to use the yoni egg like that, then I'm more on board for it. But if it's just to be like, like I had one person that would like place it in and then like go run on the treadmill. And then they were like, why am I having all this hip back and pelvic pain? And I'm like, because you're hopping in a weight, your whole, it'd be like if you ran with a dumbbell, like, no, no, thank you. Don't go fours with the yoni again. If you're going to do it, it's a nice quiet space and take yourself through different motions like you would with yoga. Yoga isn't always on. You're flowing through. That should be what a yoni egg looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And the practice. And that's pretty much, I usually have disclaimers as well. I was on a pretty woo podcast recently where I was the guest and I just have a much more earthly grounded biological kind of perspective. And I've seen enough like crazy wild shit where I'm, yeah, magic, it's real. Mm -hmm. So, and the more like white light, tantra, spiritual kind of woo side of all of sexual expression and all of that, people love them some yoni eggs. Yes. They love the yoni eggs. They're like, what do I do? Yes, they love it. For those that are, let's say that are interested or, and like, I have a couple clients right now that are like, oh yeah, I have had a yoni egg. I've had it in a box. I got it. And then it just sat there. I didn't know what to do with it. And one of them was joking. She was like, well, if I figure out how to turn it on, she was joking. She knows it doesn't turn on. And so I, I'm like, I forget that there, this like a question here, Gwyneth and her goop and stuff. Like she just like really popularized this. And to me, it's, if you know what you're doing with it and you're educated on it, it's a really beautiful practice. But if you get this thing, and like you said, it's a weight and you pop it in and most people do this upside down because they don't know. They're just like, oh, egg, put it in the tiny part yeah. first, like an egg would be. And they stick it in there and they're like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. And by the time they put their groceries away and they forget about it and then they sit on the toilet and it pops out in the toilet. Yes. Or they're like, you know what? I'll just put it in while I sleep. And so to me, I'm like, cause I've practiced with them and I have several of them. And one of our companies that we're affiliated with and that sponsors our show is Yoni Pleasure Palace. And they have a ton of all kinds of crystals and wands and eggs and all of that. And they have lots of education materials that talk about how it's a practice and how you put it in and then you take it out. And so I typically describe it as it's like you, if you sleep with it in, it's like you have worked out for seven hours. Yes. It's like you laid there and you let your vagina just overwork itself for like seven hours or however long you slept. And then you wake up and then your pelvic floor and those muscles are tired. They're exhausted from what you put them through. Because some people, it's kind of counterintuitive. They're like, oh, I'll just like pop it in and sleep with it and see what happens. Like, will I be healed? Mm -hmm. And like, where is this coming from? So let's set them straight. <laughs> let's help. Yes. Yeah, so I think people miss that reading piece, like miss, like read the instructions piece of things, like, cause they see the Gwyneth things, they get it, they pop it in. And then I think this comes back to our earlier point of setting boundaries because to have time to do a Yoni practice means that someone else might need to throw in some loads of laundry you might need to end work a little bit earlier so that you can carve out some time for yourself, but just doing it while you're sleeping <laughs> is not carving out time for yourself. That's where we mm. lose the beauty of it. 
Right. Then you're trying to be effective and productive even when you sleep. Yes, which like, oh my God, society. Girl, slow down. Yes, I struggle with slowing down. Same. I so struggle with it. It is truly a practice. But if you're doing the only egg like that, I think we have some other things we need to discuss people. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some that are like, Oh, I just didn't know. And of course, depending on where they order the products from, they might not get information or it might even say to do one of those things, which I'm like, I read it. I flip the pamphlet thing over and I'm like, Oh, I will always have a job. (laughs) I think that all the time, no matter what recession, pandemic, like natural disaster, whatever, I feel really job secure because in sex and relationships, no matter what, it's not going anywhere. And so it's just so crazy. And there's just like mixed information. And I know a lot of the stuff that comes, I mean, okay, I won't say a lot of the stuff. Some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth might not be true for some people. It might not work that way for them, which is fine. Hopefully they don't bother with wasting their time listening to my podcast or going to my content or anything like that. But there's a decent amount that I'm kind of course correcting for people because some friends said the thing or they misinterpreted a thing that they heard in a doctor's office and the doctor isn't actually educated in the sexual health component. And they might be on like the biological functioning component, but like the mental and the psychological component. And like, there's just really interesting where you can get information. And I think my business and your business too, is like, I want to bring people back into their bodies. I want them to slow down. I want them to take the time that they need for themselves. I don't want for them to experience pleasure because a a person who is connected to their pleasure that is connected to their desires is going to be a really, uh, gosh, there's so much I could end the sentence with, but that person, depending on what they are in their life, let's say they have a job, they are a mom, they are a partner, they are a wife, whatever. It's going to make them exponentially better at that thing because they are connected to their pleasure. And it's not just obligation after obligation after obligation until their soul feels like it's being sucked out of them and they have nothing left to give. Their cup is completely barren. The last remnants that they have, like the bottom of the cup is getting poured into the kids. And then like, maybe the husband gets like two, three drops. And then they're trying to do a yoni egg practice while they sleep. Yes. No time, negative time for themselves. So it's big, it's big. Yeah. We're talking about pelvic floor and we're talking about the health of it and working it out. And it's just, it's so much more than that. And giving it some love before we hit record. I told you that I like, as soon as I became aware of you, I like binged so many episodes and what I found so beautiful about what you were saying and why I thought that this was such a great conversation is it is truly about giving yourself love. And like, when do we really do that throughout the day? That's a question I ask my patients, like, what love are you giving back to yourself during the day? Is it your morning cup of coffee? And is that it? Is it, I try to say, don't think of the mindless things like scrolling through Instagram or that stuff. Like, what are you reading a book you enjoy? Are you listening to it on tape? Do you have a scented candle that you can light? And so what I loved about everything that and the different people you have and what you share is that I'm like, oh my gosh, she is showing so many different ways to give love and receive love, whether that's, I listened to your game bang episode, loved it. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Hannah. 
Yes. And I was like, what a beautiful picture. And then like you and Jordan have talked about stuff. What a beautiful picture. You talk about solo stuff, like solo playtime. What an amazing thing. And so with this pelvic floor, I want people to just remember that it's there or at least know it's there and it plays an integral role in your life throughout the entire day, but definitely through that sexual functioning and also think like, how are you giving it love? Maybe not masturbating, but maybe you're putting some sexy essential oils or like lotions. Maybe you're like just in the shower, just washing your lovely, beautiful vulva and vagina with some water and like just giving it pause and attention and then going about your day. Because how beautiful would that be if women started doing more of that. I think we would feel truly more empowered and more in control and more knowledgeable about our body that can sometimes be shrouded in shame and not great messages. Mm. Amen, sister. So my last question is women who were partnered to men. I mean, and I guess this actually is women who are partnered to anyone, but how can their partner be more proactive with giving their pelvic floor love and attention and giving their partner permission to relax, to enjoy, to experience? How can they show up? Because I'm sure that there's a number of people that would listen as partners to the one that might be having some challenges with their pelvic floor. And they're like, just tell me what I can do to help. Yes. So I think it's helpful to watch your partner, observe your partner as you're doing all the sexy things and see if they're breathing. Are they breathing? Are they breath holding? Also exploring how you can kind of support their legs and hips, whether you're using a pillow. I really like liberator cushions. I was just going to say, or good old liberator. Yep. The liberator to like get into positions where they can better relax their hips, their butt, their tummy, those kind of things is going to allow that pelvic floor to have more range of motion. And then finally, for, for goodness sakes, please just Google anatomy of the clitoris. It is this lovely, beautiful thing that I think not very many people knows what it looks like. And there are so many amazing little pressure points, like doing like pushing down on the moms or like sometimes pushing. I'll have people kind of like, if your penis is in their vagina, you can push like next to their vagina and it can pin down the clitoris a little bit to get more like nerve excitement there. So look at where that is and start to explore and excite those different areas. So breathing, more relaxed body positioning, and then looking up the anatomy of the clitoris. Those are ways that you can, as a partner, empower yourself to better give pleasure and better expand pleasure. Laura, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing all of this amazing, juicy knowledge. My sex geek, my inner sex nerd is like, yes, 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 yes. I love it so much. And how can people learn more from you and find you and maybe even work with you? I imagine that you don't work with people in person virtually. That doesn't make any sense, but I imagine you do work with people also virtually. Yes. I work with people virtually and in person. 
I have a website that is literally Laura Myhoffer. You can, they'll be linked in the show notes. Also at Laura Myhoffer is my Instagram. I will, I dance in vulva costumes, penis costumes, but those are the two main places to find me and you can schedule with me. So I've worked with many people who have pelvic pain. And even though I can't see you in person, cause I'm in Minnesota, I've still had a ton of success with ensuring, like Lex was saying, not having to go around and shop for someone. I can get you started off in a really great holistic way. And if we need to pull someone, I can help with that too. So yes. Yeah, so Laura Myhoffer on all of the things. So good. All right. And of course you did mention it will be in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate you. And I'm also tempted to get a Volvo costume at some point. And maybe I could be that for Halloween. That would be awesome. Slash if I had it for Halloween, I'd probably do all my interviews in it. <laughs> Just like start wearing it around Texas, yeah. wearing it around Austin. I'm sure that would be really well received down here. Anyway, again, thank you so much, Laura. This is amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.